Welcome back to another episode of the Hall of Sports podcast. And today I'm joined by Paul Brown. He, as you can see with his background, has his own um, Cleveland Browns uh, podcast. So that's what we're here to talk about this week, especially after the exciting game yesterday between the Browns and the Bengals. So there's lots to talk about, especially with Odell Beckham kind of going out. So before we get into that, where can everybody find you, Paul? Oh, I would say the best place to find me at the moment is Instagram, Brown underscore UK, and add me on Twitter and TikTok too. Yeah, if you want Cleveland Brown stuff or even some of the uh, food stuff that you've been doing, it's a it's a good way to follow you there, especially on Instagram. I was having a look at that today and some uh, nice stuff to even get ready for when you're watching a big game just beforehand, get some good grub before you sit down and watch whatever it is. If you're watching Red Zone, seven hours of football every Sunday, or if you're like me and you're kind of staying up late to, to watch it, the Monday night football game between the Rams and the Bears. But again um it's always good to give you a follow and then especially if you're a fan of the browns is just listen up because again you've a pretty big follow in terms of the for the uk a lot of i see a lot of this stuff coming around social media so it's all good um so i guess what we'll start up in is just kind of the start of the season that cleveland has had because it's interesting because a lot of people were talking about the Bengals with kind of Joe Burrow coming through and Cleveland were able to beat them twice, both games pretty close, but especially in this last game, it was very, very entertaining, especially for a neutral seeing all these comebacks one from the other. I think a lot of people thought that maybe the Bengals may have had it just towards the end when Joe Burrow kind of came back in the fourth quarter, but then Baker and the, and the offense kind of did what they needed to do for Cleveland to get through that. So how did you feel during that fourth quarter of the game yesterday? Yeah, it was the total NFL fans roller coaster. You know, the first uh, half, you know, half time Baker Mayfield, you know, he was out of Cleveland, according to uh, Brown's Twitter. You know, there was complete meltdown. I was having a meltdown. Um, interception, first play from Baker Mayfield, same against the Steelers. But I backed him and, uh, yeah, that's easy to say afterwards. But, yeah, genuinely, I'll always back a guy. He's got until end of next season and then it's either give him a contract or not. So, um, yeah, he's still got one more season to uh, be a bust. A bit like your boy, uh, yeah. Mitch. So, um, uh, yeah, I think... But, but yeah... Absolutely buzzing yesterday. Um, 40 seconds, we came back and win it. And the biggest thing is for me, that is so not Cleveland Browns. Yeah. That's what made it so great. You know, 2016, we had the Christmas block kick, you know, that made everyone's Christmas. Um, probably Baker Mayfield when he came off the bench against the Jets was also another huge game. We hadn't won in 600 and 35 days and then Bacon Bayfield comes off at halftime and wins it so it's up there for the last five ten years of great victories 40 seconds left no timeouts took it all the way down the field boom In the wide receiver um, Daniel People Jones only that was his second only receiving ball from Baker Mayfield 
So just absolutely in his um, NFL career. So yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's one of the interesting points you make there is with Baker, how he has towards the end of next season before you either chooses a contract extension or do you kind of move on? How is he seen amongst Browns fans? Because as a kind of outsider, we've especially with the Bears, because when I'd be listening to kind of sports talk radio in around Chicago, it's been such a divide between people who either love Mitch or hate him. And now I think everybody's kind of gotten on board that they needed somebody else to come in. But it always seemed like when we would talk about the Browns that it seemed like Baker was a good quarterback for them. But then when you listen to kind of Browns fans, there is that similar divide that I've seen with Mitch Trubisky. And then I can't remember, it was last week when someone put up the stats between Trubisky and Baker and they look very, very similar. So to me, it's just, it's an interesting question. How is he actually seen amongst Browns fans? I can answer that with a detailed stat for you, actually. 90% of Browns fans back Baker Mayfield. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'll give you the exact... Um, give you the exact numbers here. 90%, that's 1,200 Browns fans voted. There could be a few Steelers fans in there. Yeah. The numbers, but yeah. So yeah, 90% of the Browns fans are back in Baker Mayfield. A lot of people, 10% are saying he's not our franchise quarterback. At halftime, I think it was probably 60% baking, back in Baker and 40% just saying right okay let's get him out yeah do you think it might have been because like you were saying that first kind of season that he i don't think everybody expected him to play from the off but when he comes on he wins a couple of the games for the browns and then you see the likes of odell beckham joining and people thought that they would be kind of pushing to get into the playoffs and then they end up with a six and ten record do you think that might be one of the reasons why some fans or even opposition fans that don't pay too much attention to Cleveland that they're not completely sold on Baker that if with all the talent that Cleveland has had since really since Baker's been drafted that you've seen an influx of talent come in like the obvious one is with Odell Beckham that maybe because of it make the playoffs could that be a reason why there'd be a slight divide for some people when they think of Baker and kind of his future with the Cleveland Browns um, I don't think that, not really. I think our, our view is, as Browns fans, you know, he can't be, he's got to be protecting the ball a lot better. He can't give away silly interceptions. You know, you hear Aaron Rodgers, and I, I still don't believe this stat's true, he's only given away three interceptions. Yeah, and two of them. And his whole career. No, it's. I don't think it's in his whole career. I think it's. There was some crazy stat that it was like a couple of years where he hadn't given away an interception. Then he gave away two last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, because I think early on in his career he did give away um a good amount er, early on, and but then I think over the last couple of years you haven't seen it. So so far this season anyway, he's given away. The, it was just the two to Tampa Bay, but he is one of those quarterbacks that doesn't tend to give away a lot of interceptions. That the way kind of they play is that he's 
what I'd say he's safe with the ball. So when he knows it's not there, he's willing to just throw it away. And it's something that you don't see a lot of quarterbacks do, but he's insanely accurate. He's, he's the one thing that when I listen to kind of sports radio, when they try and describe Aaron Rodgers, he's, he was always the Green Bay Packers deodorant that when the Packers were bad and you looked at their actual team on paper that they shouldn't have done as well as they did, but Aaron Rodgers made them that much better. Um, I, and I think that's that's the problem that a lot of young quarterbacks have now is that you have some of those players come into the league. You see it with Pat Mahomes now is even if they were having a bad game, he's just that good to keep them in it and to kind of push them over the line. And it makes for a bit of unrealistic expectations on some quarterbacks. You probably will see it over the next couple of weeks with Joe Burrow, even though he's playing so well that because the Bengals are losing, he'll get quite a lot of stick. Maybe not this year, but next year after they become rookies. I saw it with Trubisky. He got, he kind of got a pass for the first kind of year and a bit, and then fans started to turn on him. And when before, when you're thinking of when Rodgers came into the league is quarterbacks got that time to develop and not so many people would attack them so early on, but now because of the likes of Pat Mahomes and all, and even when Andrew Luck came in, they've expected to just come in and hit the ground running. It's one thing that would worry me if I was a, a Clemson fan with um, Lawrence coming in next year. If he's going to the Jets, people are going to expect big things, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, again, it's it's tough in the NFL. You've seen some players come in, even look at Jackson for um, the Baltimore Ravens. Nobody would have expected just how good he's been um, early on. And that kind of leads to it where, while the Browns have had a pretty good start to the season, so 5-2, and two, I think most Browns fans would have taken that at this point of the season. But does it worry any fans that the two losses are to the Steelers and the Ravens? And there were big losses as well where it doesn't really look like it was hugely competitive in those games. Yeah. The Steelers game, mate, more so. The Ravens game, first game of the season, new coach. Yeah. yeah. Let's let, let's just discount that one. I think um, we didn't get – okay, we did get smashed, but we didn't get, like, obliterated where the Steelers really hurt us, you know. And, yeah. um, and, you know, at the start of the season, we felt that we were second in that we are going to be second. Steelers fans thought they were going to be second – yeah, I think today you can clearly see the, the the gap, you know, between Steelers and the Browns. They just are a complete team with a well-oiled, coached team, you know. They know yeah. what they're doing, you know. So, um, yeah, the Steelers game hurt. You know, we want revenge. It's the last game of the season for the Browns. After New Year, um, yeah, we are super keen to obviously bring them to... Uh, First Energy Stadium and and uh, kick some ass basically. Yeah, no, it's it's important. I think I say it all the time for because as a Bears fan right now, because we're very defensive orientated and probably if statistically one of the better defenses in the league. We always get branded as one of the worst five and one or when it was four and out teams out there. But right now, I think in the season that we have it. It's just you just have to keep winning games and get towards the end of the season and put yourself in the best position possible. And 
being five and two, even in the tough division that you have with the extra playoff kind of see or teams that are going to be in this season, it gives a division that is very tough a chance to have three teams that are in it, especially when you compare even some of the other teams. Like I look at, I've looked at some of the even the schedule that you have played so far. To be able to get a win against the Colts is no easy feat. We played against them and they we couldn't even get into the game. Their defensive line was ferocious against our, our offensive line and our offense. So to be able to get over that, but then you look at it and the other thing that kind of steps out is the fact that other wins were against the Cowboys in Washington. And that that's one part. That's one area where I'd be a little bit concerned considering how low that division has been this year. You look at it and I think, none of the teams in that division have won more than three games thus far. But again, you can only win who's or beat the teams that are on your schedule. Do you think that having that extended playoff really gives fans in kind of some of these bigger divisions where you're seeing kind of three teams play very well thus far, a genuine chance to make the playoffs and make kind of a run in the playoffs? I think... Look, I think the key thing is Browns are sitting five and two. Yeah. And we've seen before teams with eight, nine, you know. So we need four wins basically from nine games. And when you put that into pra- into um yeah, practice, you know, I think, you know, we are definitely gonna back up back ourselves, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like Again, the one thing that kind of impressed me is as I was watching the game yesterday was, to a certain extent, parts of the defense. So you look at Miles Garrett, who's had a tremendous start to the season. I was even looking because the, when they were talking about him, they are saying how good of a season he had. And you would see him every weekend. I don't think people quite realize that he's almost in double-digit sacks already, which is crazy considering you see some of the other kind of big-time players I, that haven't got close to that yet. Um, the one thing that I looked at is, can the Browns' defense be balanced enough to kind of get them through that kind of playoffs? Because the one thing they that you'll always see, and you even saw it with some of the teams last season, is that your offense will get you into the playoffs a lot of the time, but then the defense tends to win you playoff games because you see it even when the Ravens play in the de- or in the playoffs the last two seasons they haven't been as explosive as they were before i think the only team that it's very hard to stop is you probably look at kansas city right now but even looking at some of the defensive numbers there um the one thing you look at i think the passing i was looking at the passing yards that they ranked 30th in the nfl but then when you look at rushing yards given against it's fifth so it's it's one side of it where you're seeing that not a lot of teams have been able to run on Cleveland, but then they're having a lot of success in the passing game. In order to kind of move forward and if the Browns are able to get into the playoffs, what do you think they need to do to try and kind of limit the amount of passing yards that they've been kind of conceding over the past couple of weeks? Well, the trade deadline is next week. We're extremely light on our safeties. Yeah, I think... Um, one linebacker, one secondary, or one cornerback, and one safety. We're away from a winning potential playoff team. But the truth yeah. of the matter is, 
we're not doing it against the Ravens and the Steelers at the moment. We're going to get smashed in the playoffs. So, um, yeah. So, in in that case, if you don't believe that you're as good as them, is it? It would it be a good plan for Cleveland to actually go out and be aggressive in for the trade deadline, or is it best to just kind of sit with what you, the team you have now, maintain the assets that you have, and just kind of build on this season for next year? Yeah, I personally think we go all in, but there's yeah. a lot of people that probably would probably be a bit more. Cautious, you know, because play your your play your rookies, your undrafted free agents. They get experience this year and have a final push next year. Um, but yeah, if you don't bring, if you bring in the the big free agents in, then them rookie players don't get the game time. So next year you're on your back foot and you've eaten up some of your cap space. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. There's a lot of teams that I feel like are probably going through the same dilemma. I have it as a as a Bears fan that the fact that we're five and one right now, have a game this evening, and then we ha- we're very light on our offensive line. And you look at a team that if they end up beating the Rams, going six and one, do you go and invest at the trade deadline to kind of push yourself up there? And because I guess the scenarios are a little bit different because if they went six and one, they're in a genuine a genuine chance to kind of get a first round buy if they can continue going. But it's one of those that do you kind of maintain kind of some of those assets going forward? Is it kind of a good time to kind of go all in? You see some teams do it, and then when you don't win, is it really worth it? It's really only worth it for the team that ends up winning the Super Bowl because especially because most players that get traded at this time are usually on the last year of their contract as well. You don't see too many kind of big stars get traded, especially in the NFL. We've seen it in most of their sports. And in recent times, I think they've said with some of the younger GMs that we've seen more activity at the trade deadlines. But again, I don't know how successful that's been over the past couple of seasons. Now, I guess one of the other concerns that i've seen some people talk about is now with odell beckham with his getting the acl injury is there should the brands be looking at wide receivers or should they be happy enough with um jarvis landry and people's jones yeah so really interesting we've got our number one tight end out hooper yeah we've got our number one running back chubb out we have got a great number two running back with Hunt. You know, yeah. you can take all the all the snaps anyway all season, so it doesn't really matter. Um, we've got Odell Beckham out, and we've got our number second round pick Delpit out, who's a uh, safety. You know, so you know we are light um, with big names injuries, but I think every NFL team has a similar amount of stars out at the moment so I don't think we're unlucky but it's just the way it is um we've got three wide receivers that are comfortable catching the ball which would be Landry we've got Higgins who was a fifth round pick in 
2016, I think. Um, he's got a great relationship with Baker Mayfield. Didn't see him a lot last season. Didn't see him at the start of the season, but made some great plays. And uh, Donovan, um, people, Jones, people, whatever he's called, he, um, he was a six-round pick from Michigan. Um, obviously, being in Ohio, some of the Browns fans weren't very happy with the pick. But he's a big, uh, wide receiver. Had lots of ace, five-star um, high school wide receiver was going to be a first-round draft pick. You know, that's where he was. You know, everyone had really high hopes for this guy. And we picked him up in the sixth round, which was a great pick for us. We all thought so anyway. So, um, yeah, it would be really, you know, we've got three. We've got a guy called Hodge, who's more of a special teams player, coming off IR this week. Perryman was with the Browns, who did really, really well. He signed for a four million deal with the Browns on the same day as Odell comes. He cancelled the contract the same that Odell came. He's at the Jets at the moment. He's been linked with the Browns. But I think we will stick with what we've got and uh, try and play out the season. Yeah, it's it probably makes sense. Again, it's not like you're devoid of talent at the position. You even look at it yesterday that even without when Odell went down, you're still able to put up a good amount of points and also be able to come back from a difficult situation. Like you're saying, there was only about 40, 45 seconds left and Baker's still able to get it done. And that game was very interesting because it shows just how difficult that division's going to be going forward. You look at, it doesn't look like the Steelers or the Ravens are going to be getting worse anytime soon. You see the Bengals have improved um, with Joe Burrow and they still have a lot to kind of improve on. And then you look at Cleveland that you've seen them kind of improve step by step over the last couple of seasons. How difficult do you think that division is going to be over the next kind of three to four years to be able to, to win it? And really it's when you look at kind of the different divisions, it looks like it's really the winner of kind of when the Chiefs will obviously kind of be one of the favorites in the AFC, but you can't really look past um, the Browns division there to be another kind of team, one of the teams to kind of be battling for the AFC as well. Yeah, you, you've got to look at the Bengals and they've got, would you say a top five wide receiving trio? They've got some, you know, yeah. good yeah, look, you look at it, I think as as long as they can keep AJ Green over a long period of time, I think when you have a number one wide receiver, you really just need kind of complementary players. I think they brought in one of the rookies, T Higgins, as well. That's been very good too. And he I think he scored at the weekend as well for um for them. And that's always good when you have a new quarterback and new wide receiver coming in the same draft class. Cause, well, you know, like, you know, when you look at their – uh, Boyd, you know, they, you know, look at their weapons. It ain't that bad for Borrow, actually. You know, yeah. okay, O line. You can't fix everything in one season, and I guess if Burrow's the the option for them, if you're able, as I think a lot of teams now is, once you're able to fix that quarterback position, it's it's easier to start building around that because you know where your future is going forward, and you probably you'd see it with the Browns is that. 
the amount of times that they've had high picks and they've picked quarterbacks and you've known pretty early on that this isn't the option and it needs to be done. At least now with Baker, like you're saying, there's still a large majority of Browns fans that are completely behind them and believe that you build around that quarterback, which again, he has the next year or so to kind of prove to everybody that he's he's the guy from the outside looking in. I think most people think that he's a good quarterback. It's a lot of people when they think about their Browns, they just don't think that they're kind of the well-balanced team, which you can see with when you just kind of compare kind of the passing to the rushing, even on, on offense as well. You've seen it that um, the one thing that you look at is kind of the rushing guards for um, the Browns. I think they're top five in the NFL right now. It's That always helps a quarterback is when your running game is, is going well. So... For me, I see it as one of those divisions that looking for the next kind of two to three seasons is going to be a very difficult one to win. It's the Steelers and the Ravens up there are very, very competitive. I think that'll be a very interesting battle this season as well, kind of moving in. But like you said, injuries is a is a big thing. You look at some teams, like I think it was two or three years ago, um, San Francisco were riddled with injuries and ended up i think it was three and 13 or four and 12 the season after that they don't get many injuries and they get to the super bowl so sometimes it is just the team that can have most of their key players be healthy tend to do very well as as a bears fan two years ago we didn't have many injuries and we ended up going i think it was 12 and 4 13 and 3 and then the following season we lose a lot of our key players on defense and end up going eight and eight so it's one of those that there's not a huge difference between a lot of teams in the NFL, but injuries has a big um, part to play in who really makes the playoffs as well. Let me ask you a question. Do you see Baker Mayfield as a top 10 quarterback? I would say top 15. I think he's between kind of 10 to 13 for me. Um, it, it's difficult because you have – you have the likes of Rogers, even Breeze to a certain extent. You the way I don't really like Rottlesberger that that much, but he gets it done for Pittsburgh. Obviously, you have Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson's excellent still. Um but I think they're from before you could easily rattle off ten to twelve names. That you'd be that you'd be looking at. You have to look at how I think Teddy Bridgewater has been pretty good this season. I think for me, Baker, he's kind of hot and cold a lot of the time. Sometimes you watch him and he looks amazing, and then you turn on a game like against the Steelers, and he looked a little bit lost. And really, to be a top kind of ten quarterback, I think you need to be pretty consistent. But there's no reason I think the difference between him and a lot of other kind of young quarterbacks is you can see that progression where he could become a top yeah. 10 quarterback. And if, if he can do that, then I think the brands are on to kind of a winning thing and that's all they need to do. Sometimes it's, you have to build around them as, as a, as a Browns fan, how, how well do you think their offensive line has been built over the last couple of seasons? Yeah, I think our line looks great. You know, it's expensive. That's the yeah. problem. So yes, yeah. um, 
but th- but that's the thing they if you have a good quarterback for me if you have a good quarterback and then you're good on your o-line and d-line i think you're always going to have a chance to win football games because that's really where a lot of the games are won and lost it's not so much the skill positions to a certain extent you see the likes of Aaron Rodgers, he only has Devontae Adams and he's still lighting up teams. But then I guess the problem is you come up against a good team and you see it with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against Green Bay last week and tough game for Green Bay and they got obliterated. You saw kind of similar happen last season when they played against um when they played against the 49ers twice. Packers look great all season and they played them twice and got destroyed twice. So it's it it goes to kind of those kind of key points is if you're relatively injury free, if you've a good defense or a good D line, good O line, and then if your quarterback is really in the NFL now, if you have an average quarterback, but you've a very good defensive line, even a very good defense, you have a very good chance of winning it. Um but the problem is, I think the standards have now been kind of set by the likes of Pat Mahomes over the last kind of season where you can try and keep him off the field as much as you can. But even a 20 point lead in a fourth or third quarter is still hard to overcome the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think they're going to be the ones to beat over the next couple of seasons. Here's a question for you. My last question for you is, do you think if you took Patrick Mahomes, do you think he'd work in the Bears scheme? And, yeah, I'll answer the question for the Browns afterwards. Yeah, I, I think he would work in the Bears' scheme. The only thing is I don't think the Bears' protection is as good as Kansas City. If we had good protection, I don't think there'd be an issue because you look at it and Alan Robinson's been excellent this season already. I think he's already gone over a 1,000 yards for receiving-wise. Um We've, I don't know how, but it seems like Jimmy Graham has kind of woken up over the last couple of seasons. I think he has like four or five touchdowns already. Our biggest issue has been our offensive line because they've been really, and I feel sorry for David Montgomery at the running back position because every time he touches the ball, there's already a player in the backfield trying to tackle him. And if our offensive line was better, I think you would see better offensive production. Um but I think for Patrick Mahomes, he got put in the perfect kind of spot at the time. Gets to learn behind Alex Smith for a year and then gets to play under Andy Reid with a good offense with a good offense and a relatively good defense. What about do you think that he would suit the Cleveland Browns if they had drafted him that year? It's a million dollar question, isn't it? We could yeah. have had Lamar, we could have had Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> How do people react there? If because obviously the pick that Cleveland made was excellent with Miles Garrett because he was brilliant. Do people still would people still complain if let's say Mahomes went two and it was closer? Because I think at that season there was a lot of people that didn't think the offense he was in at Texas Tech was going to translate to the NFL. So people were even not sure that. So it's it's tough. There's no one saying that. Anyone said that Mark, there was nothing else but Miles Garrett. So, yeah, yeah, there was some because Mitch is a um, Toledo boy. So that yeah. people saying trade down, pick him up. He's our franchise quarterback. You know, we were saying all this. You know, so um, yeah, I remember that. Where 
I think it was some people saying, because I think you still had two more picks in, in that round that you were to trade back up to go and get them. I can't remember if it was two or just another top 10 pick um, that you had to kind of go back up in for him. Because I remember in the NFL Network, they were all talking about how he's a Cleveland or he's kind of in that area. He's played in Cleveland and I think it was high school. Um, and should they go back in for him? Um, probably now as a Bears fan, I would have wished that you did. But uh, we, maybe we would have drafted Mahomes or Watson instead. But again, I think that's it's revisionist history. I, uh, every time I think I talk about Mitch, it always comes back to kind of the misses that you made. But again, you don't know if those players would have thrived in your particular system. I think I think Mahomes seems to be just that good that it didn't really matter what system he played in, that he's you've seen the way he's played in the NFL thus far and it seems very natural to him to play the quarterback position. Yeah, we took I'm on my phone doing some research. We took um how about this? And Juku with our 29th pick. Next person up was TJ Watt. That's not great. Yeah, and then um, 25th pick, we took Jabril Peppers was part of the Odell deal. deal. We need him now. Simple yeah. Simple. And yeah, the next person up was um, McKinley. Falcon. Yeah, he went Falcons, yeah. And um, the next one after that is uh, Chagosi White of the Bills, quarterback. Yeah. it's <laughs> When you look at that draft, it was it was a very productive draft that year. Like I try and convince a lot of Bears fans that Mitch was really our like, fourth-round pick and Eddie Jackson was our first-round pick. That would have been <laughs> a bit better because... I think that year we got, I think it was Mitch and uh, was it Anthony Miller the year after maybe, but then we got Tariq Cohen and Eddie Jackson in the fourth round. So maybe we should have just used them as our real first round picks and ha just try and convince ourselves that Mitch was our fourth round pick instead. That would have been a lot better. Um, yeah. But yeah, to kind of end the conversation here, next week's also a pretty tough one. When you look at, how good the Las Vegas Raiders have been playing and how weird it is to say the Las Vegas Raiders instead of Oakland. But um, they had a, a good start against Tampa Bay this week. But again, Tom Brady was on form and he was he was dealing for most of the game. How, how well do you think Cleveland matches up against um, Las Vegas last week? I don't know what the, the situation is because I know this week they lost basically their whole O-line because they broke COVID protocols and that they were had to self-isolate. But I don't know if that continues next week. But how well do you think Cleveland matches up to Las Vegas for the upcoming week? Raiders are a surprise package. They could easily be in the playoffs this year. Um, and it'd be great for, um, uh, what's he called, the draft guy, um, Mayock. Oh, yeah, Mike Mayock. Yeah, it'd be great for him because, you know, he did a few random things and, you know, he backs himself as a draft expert, so now he's got the chance. And, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think, um, you know, <laughs> what team plays on Sunday, a full-strength Raiders 
beats the Browns. Yeah. Um, but if if they put a weak Raiders team out, I believe our running game could really hurt them. And maybe some confidence from Baker Mayfield, he could really grow on what happened in the last game. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the keys is probably going to be that if the Browns can run the ball and kind of keep the offense for the Raiders off the field as much as possible, limit kind of the time possession. I think that's one way for the Browns to kind of hit at them because you look at you look at where they've had success and you see the running game and also on the run defense if you're able to stop the run and then they're gonna have to try and do something with the with the passing game because that's one part that the Raiders have been very successful at this season you've seen some of their kind of young players that have come through the draft this season that have been excellent with Henry Ruggs he's he's been kind of like their Tyreek Hill style player that you've seen that the Raiders wanted to bring in. They've wanted to increase the speed on that team. And I think they've done that considerably over the last two seasons. So it's going to be very, I think it'll be a very interesting game because you have two kind of younger teams that are ready to kind of go at it. Both teams pretty good when healthy in the trenches. It would be interesting if the Raiders offensive line is, is back. It was a weird story that kind of leaked during the week that, the whole offensive line was going to be missing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, I, I guess that just shows just how important some of these teams need to treat these COVID protocols, because if not, then you're basically guaranteeing that you're going to lose a game because I don't think any team can get through a season or even a week where you're losing your entire offensive line. And it's something that I think they are going to have to clean up if they're to kind of, like you said, they should be, in or around getting into the playoffs. If they want to do that, they need to make sure that they're kind of on the straight and narrow in terms of all the COVID protocols that the NFL has put in place to try and protect all the players. I've got one last, last question before I shoot off. Yeah. Montgomery going to get a touchdown tonight. I am. He's my last player. I need eight points from him tonight. Is he going to get it for me? My kind of question for you is, is it regular or is it PPR? I think it's PPR. You might be you might be okay because, again, I see it's going to be very tough because I think it's going to be a lower scoring game like the last two seasons where the two defenses have kind of dominated up front. I could see it being where he might get some of his action in the kind of the quick passing game. The problem with the Bears, just the offensive line hasn't gotten enough push for for Montgomery. Um, I think where you might get lucky is if the Bears are winning, coming into the third or fourth quarter, they might decide to start running the ball. I haven't seen too much of that this season, so it's it's hard. I think you have a better chance now that it's PPR. Um, you might get lucky in terms of if they get a couple of big plays and just have to run it in, but... I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be too confident in the Bears running game, especially against the Rams. But, uh, yeah, it's hopefully for both your fantasy team and my team that he's able to get over the line and score a touchdown or two tonight, and hopefully get us to six and one and kind of maintain our lead at the top of the NFC North. That would be very good. Um, 
but yeah ho hopefully that happens tonight anyway um yeah exactly um thanks for joining me today paul i really appreciate you coming on it's it's good to get to talk about kind of some of the other teams i don't get to do it as often because a lot of people want to kind of hear about bears and all the stuff in the nfc north but it's good to be able to kind of talk about even some of the teams in the afc and kind of learn about more of the teams in more depth where we would hear kind of the what i'd say the national guys kind of say about the teams but it's good to get a fan's perspective and i really pray, appreciate you coming on today now nah, really nice talking to you buddy and uh yeah, you too and uh yeah thanks a lot for tonight and uh go browns i'm going with we're gonna we're gonna squeeze in the playoffs but we're brownsy mess it up or <laughs> we'll go to the super bowl and no browns fans can go and watch it that'd be the uh classic yeah. That that would be what I would say be classic Bears as well, where we finally get over our hump to get to a Super Bowl and nobody would be allowed to go. But uh, hopefully by that time, fans can maybe see it or even that regardless if there's no fans, if the Bears can make the Super Bowl, I'd be delighted. Hopefully it can be Bears versus Browns one day. <laughs> that would be good. All right, thanks, thanks for today, uh, Paul. It's been really good having you on. Take care, buddy. Go Brown. You too.